thanks for taking the time to listen to this Social Partnership Forum podcast. Hello and welcome to the 2019 HPMA Excellence in Human Resource Management Awards. As ever, in this podcast, we'll be focusing in on the Social Partnership Forum sponsored category for partnership working between employers and trade unions. In this, the 10th year the SPF has sponsored the category, there were 10 entries which were whittled down to three finalists, all of which will be hoping for 10 out of 10 from the judges. It's a real privilege and an honour and whatever the outcome, we'll be really pleased just to have kind of gotten through to this stage. I'm looking forward to meeting the panellists and to showcase all the good work that we've been doing. We're extremely proud to be shortlisted, you know, it's, it's a testimony to all of the hard work that we've put together in terms of working um, collaboratively with, with Staffside. I'm at the DAC Beechcroft offices in London, where the entrants from all HPMA awards finalists are gathering to be seen by various judges, including those finalists from the Social Partnership Forum category. We're going to do some introductions if that's okay, and then we'll ask you to introduce yourselves. And from this category, the first to see the judges is the Christie NHS Foundation Trust. Their project, Negative to Positive, used mediation services and a proactive policy to help reduce formal investigations. So we're um, all here representing the Christie today. So the Christie is the largest... Um... Okay, we're from the Christie NHS Foundation Trust. My name is Becky Hollinshead, I'm a HR business partner. I'm Gillian Hobson, Partnership Officer and Chair of the Joint Unions Committee. So as way of a bit of background, um, in 2017, the HR advisory team were managing a relatively high number of formal respect at work cases. We meet regularly with our staff side colleagues on an informal basis and a large proportion of the conversations um, were challenges around behaviours in the workplace and respect at work um, cases. We undertook an audit of the respect at work policy which indicated that 85% of our formal cases had an outcome recommending informal action, so going back to um, improvement performance action plans to improve behaviours or facilitate discussions or mediation. Now we know that to conduct a formal investigation it's, it can be a lengthy process, um, it's emotionally tiring for all involved and actually at the end of it to try and get people to working back together again it's not going to really um, be a positive experience. So we needed to look at this, we needed to look at what the issues were. Um, equally, our trade union representatives were concerned that 80% of their conversations with their members were around relationship difficulties and behaviours in the workplace. So we looked at the policy, we decided that actually we need to scrap that and do something new and fresh, but in a collaborative way. Positive to negative, we've got a couple of um, handouts um, to provide you. Um, Becky and Gillian both highlight how this policy is different to previous ones the Trust has introduced that haven't been quite as effective. The biggest challenge around the project is to change the mindset of individuals. The previous policy was called Respect at Work and that's got a narrow frame to itself. Now we have Positive Working Relationships policy and that's a much more open concept and has much more impact ability within the workplace. So what we wanted to do is really shift the focus and the mindset of our employees away from invoking formal action and taking more responsibility for maintaining positive working relationships and environments to work within. So we needed a policy to support that. Whilst our previous respect at work policy did refer to informal action, we felt that we needed to really emphasise the informal action. We needed the tools to kind of support that process. 
So we put a number of things in place. Um, we worked together to develop a self-assessment tool for staff and managers to follow, um, to be able to understand which informal action might be supportive of their particular case and to make sure that they do explore informal action at that point. Joanne Hughes is head of talent at the Trust. She explains some of the challenges they face when negative to positive was first developed. I think one of the key challenges was to do with the fact that um, our staff had typically uh, used a, a more formal process if they'd had any disputes in the past. And what this enabled was for uh, staff to think more about the informal routes for resolving any sort of dispute. So from the partnership working um, and designing a new policy and all the mediation training that we did and the listening events to listen to our staff in terms of bullying and harassment. All that came together to, uh, in, a, in a large launch event and then we continued to promote and endorse this so it became business as usual and the whole organisation recognises this term of nipping it in the bud which is much more about addressing something informally and at the earliest point rather than taking it to a formal action. Gillian describes how this initiative has demonstrated partnership working throughout. Partnership working enabled us to move into a different mindset and move into a better collaborative working process. We now look to meet at a middle ground rather than being at opposite ends of the scale for each other. But also it's moved the way that we work into a different environment as well. The advice I would give would be to go into partnership working with an open mind and be open to new approaches and new ideas. Hi, what category are you here for? We're here for the Social Partnership Forum Excellence in Partnership Working category. And what organisation? We're from Birmingham and Solihull Mental Health Foundation. Next up to see the judges is Birmingham and Solihull Mental Health Foundation Trust, who are feeling well prepared with their initiative, the we, not them and us. Hi, I'm Freza Mahmood. I'm Head of Human Resources for Birmingham and Solihull Mental Health NHS Foundation Trust. Um, our project, and don't kind of want to repeat anything that you've already had in written submissions, but um, essentially it was just us coming together um, to talk about one thing. The essence of it is a focus on driving tangible delivery and improvements, enhancing staff experience in the organisation through the benefit of closer partnership working with the trade unions and breaking down traditional boundaries. And the approach is underpinned by sharing information about um, the plans for the future for the organisation at the earliest available opportunity, getting the trade unions to be involved in decision making about business strategy, the development of clinical kind of um, pathways, in looking at focused pieces of work that are addressing underrepresentation within the workforce, that are tackling key um, issues in a systematic way like dignity at work, poor access to training and development for staff who are in lower uh, banded positions within the organisation, improving the well-being and health generally of our staff and keeping them in work for as long as physically possible by uh, supporting staff with underlying health conditions in particular um, to remain in work by a, a range of different strategies um, we, um, to include um, reasonable adjustments and a complete refocus on sickness absence management from being a traditional punitive approach to being one that proactively helps to be able to tackle health inequalities within the workplace. Essentially the underlying premise has always been the same, it's about what we can do to make this an organisation in which people want to come to work, to stay and to be able to thrive.
Sally Selby, lead for the RCN at Birmingham and Sally Hill Mental Health Foundation Trust, outlines why this initiative demonstrates good partnership working. We've got a joint set of principles and aims and objectives that we base everything on, as opposed to previously believing that the other party was only got one objective and we've got a different objective, but they're working together to work out what we've got jointly and what the common aims are so that the outcomes are, are beneficial for all the staff. So from a staff side point of view, all of the meetings, that, the corporate meetings we were involved in was more about, this is what we're going to do to the staff. Pete Adams, the Trust Staff Side Chair and Unite the Union lead, and Fraser both explain the initial challenges of the partnership and how they overcome them. I think, I think there was a, um, a leap of faith as well, taking those steps because close partnership working does um, suggest to people on the outside, from a trade union point of view definitely, are you giving away things uh, from us by working this closely? So that, that was a pushback that we had to deal with. The consequences of working in the way we have have shown people that we often challenge but we have a respect in the way that we challenge whether before that wasn't there. There's always a resistance that you get to new ways of working because it engenders you know, fear in, in people about a potential loss of control. Um, it creates a, a degree of uncertainty and we've certainly had that from um, members of the HR team who traditionally weren't sure about this different way of working and, and how, what that would mean for some of our plans and strategies that we need to embed. And I think in a modern workplace we recognise that that was a real challenge that we needed to overcome and we couldn't just kind of do it on a large scale without um, testing to see how it would work. So essentially we started from the premise of focusing in on specific issues and just bringing people together um, in, in an interactive kind of forum where we just, it was quite informal and we just had very open and honest debates about some of our history as an organisation, some of the legacy effect of terrible things that happened, how it had made people feel, um, their hopes, dreams, kind of optimism for the future. Um, and then that was a platform that we helped to be able to kind of build trust and create a stronger sense of rapport between ourselves that led to incremental change. Fraser and Sally both give their advice to other trusts thinking of developing a similar initiative with partnership working. I think you've, you've got to have honesty first as the, the ultimate kind of premise in which you're doing things. You've got to get all of that out onto the table and have a really a safe environment. You create that psychological safety for people to be able to say, but then once you've done that, you have to kind of suspend reality a bit and have that consensus around the room that, okay, and what are we going to do about it? So it's then thinking kind of you know positively about what are those principles that you want to work with to be able to make a change and what are the, the tangible outcomes, you know, how, how will things feel and look that is a really helpful starting point and any organisation can do that. We started from a, a base point of uh, quite a low position yeah. really in terms of confidence in each other. Um, so if we can achieve it, anyone can. We're on the journey and we're on the journey and people need to stay on that journey to sustain the improvement and to continue with the improvement. That's great. The final group to present to the judges is the Hillingdon Hospital's NHS Foundation Trust with their People's Strategy Development Initiative. Hi, I'm Terry. I'm Director of People and OD at the Hillingdon Hospital's Foundation Trust. And I'm Rachel, the Deputy Director of People and OD at Hillingdon Hospitals. So the initiative was 
to develop a people strategy um, in partnership with Staffside, where actually it wasn't us taking our strategy and coming presenting it to Staffside and asking Staffside um, to, to comment on it. It was one where actually we developed it together and it was an iterative process um, where people can see that they were being heard and that we were actually doing things which they wanted to do. So it's, it was like taking almost a coaching approach to developing strategy. So what that strategy included was a vision for our people that we were all in agreement on and five key areas of work that we would focus on as an organisation and those areas included how we would recruit and attract people to join the organisation, how we would develop people through education and training and one of the most important areas was around how we would nurture our, all our staff through wellbeing initiatives and equality and diversity interventions. Uh, so it's much more than just developing the strategy, it's really making sure that that uh, support and joint working is there as we implement it. So I would say it demonstrated collaborative working because actually it was at the heart, the beginning, the centre and the end of everything that we did. So us working together meant that we got better solutions to the issues that affected our people, which in effect affect our patients as well. Yeah, so even from um, identifying the problems that the strategy addresses, staff side work were working really closely with us on that. So the problems that we were trying to solve through our strategy were identified together. They were shared problems. And so therefore we were able to develop the shared solutions. So not only did we see um, an improvement in terms of a strategic of um, development of staff side, how staff side worked together, but we also saw the strategic development of, of our own team but, and a change in culture in terms of how we work together effectively. And then there's all the metrics that we saw. So we saw of, um, our vacancy rates go down, we saw our turnover rates go down, we saw high of, um, rates of appraisal completion, we saw high rates of, of statutory and mandatory training. We had to teach the unions and HR and the rest of the staff to, to think strategically and to look at the bigger... Dee Fisher is the Unison Branch Secretary and Staff Side Chair at the Trust. She explains the positive impact of the initiative. The difference I've seen really from a staff side perspective is the change in culture of my staff side colleagues. Um, before we started this project, it was very much a them and us attitude and I was very conscious to get rid of that completely um, and have a more strategic view and, and to give them the empowerment and the confidence to, to get involved in the whole of the people's strategy, to speak up, to understand you're not just representing one small group of people, this is a bigger picture on the whole. We faced a number of challenges, some of those were quite practical things about finding the time. Um, so the, the Chair of Staff Side, the Director of, of People and OD, had to do some work to make sure that staff were freed up to do it. But bigger than that were some of the cultural challenges, different unions having very specific perspectives that we needed to bring together and through the Chair of Staff Side working to unify that perspective, uh, we were able to do that. And the temptation was to focus on the details, so wordsmithing some of our vision statements, for instance. We had to work quite hard to overcome that and really bring people along and encourage them to see the bigger picture, the, the big strategic picture, rather than just focus on the detail. And there was also challenges in relation to our own team 
and, and making sure that our own team within HR um, understood that actually our approach was one of partnership. Um, it was one of working together, um, not us and them. And so not only was that issue to work through in staff side, but we had to do it in, with our staff and our wider organisation as well. How do you engage those staff who are incredibly busy people, under a lot of pressure, very difficult environments? I think that's a great question. Shall I kick off and then add? So we don't believe in people coming to us. We went to them. Dee and Terry both use their learning to give some tips to other trusts in how to work in partnership successfully. Pick up the phone, happy to have a chat with you and show you what we've done, because it works. Absolutely. And, and for me, it's around having, a, having setting out the structure and going back to basics in relation to your partnership agreement. Make, making sure that staff side are partners from the beginning, putting them into your governance, putting them onto your workforce boards or people committees um, so that they can influence things at the earliest stage and not just um, have an impact at the end. All three finalists have shown great examples of partnership working, and I'm sure the judges will find selecting the winner a tough call. To read case studies from all the finalists and to find details about the winner, please visit www.socialpartnershipforum.org. Thanks for listening.